Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53 called The Suffering Servant. Notice in verse 3, he was acquainted, if you have an NIV, it says familiar with grief or suffering. The word familiar means to know and hence to have a personal experience of it and can also mean to be submissive to it. He was acquainted with grief and submitted himself to grief. Why? He didn't need to. He said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. He chose to carry our sorrows. And it's amazing to me that this is God stepping into the world to do this. And the word surely in verse four is a conjunction emphasizing the unexpected And here's how it turns. It turns to us. It says, surely our griefs, multiple, plural, he himself bore. And our sorrows, plural, he carried. The word bore means to take up or lift up. It means to bear or lift off someone. So in this case, when it says, our griefs he bore, it has the picture of him taking the plural griefs and taking them off us and doing what? Putting them on him. If you've ever had to shoulder somebody else's burden, you kind of get the sense of what this is about. See, if it's an easy burden to shoulder, if it takes 15 minutes of my time to shoulder your burden, I'm pretty okay with that. If you're moving, don't call me. I don't want to shoulder that burden. That's why I sold my truck. (laughs) Love only goes so far. But you get get what I'm saying, right? Everybody say, amen. But see, he decided to shoulder our burden. He decided to shoulder our grief. And by doing so, not only does he shoulder it, but he he takes it off us and puts it on him. And this is the great exchange of the cross in theology. He takes our, the weight of our sin and judgment, and we get his righteousness and forgiveness. It's the great exchange. Yet, how did people consider him? You see, he, our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him what? Stricken smitten of God and afflicted, it appears that when most people looked at the cross, and of course this was definitely true of the religious leaders, they said, he must deserve it. He's under the curse of God, Galatians 3.13. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. If you're the Messiah, come down from the cross and we'll believe in you. Look at him, he's a mess. He must really be evil because no one would be beaten that way and be that accursed unless they were a real awful person. And here's the irony. As they're saying that, he's bearing their sin. 
John MacArthur put it well when he said, when you look at the cross, what you need to understand is that God the Father is treating God the Son as though he had committed the collective sins of all humanity for all time. That's the wrath that he's enduring. That is the suffering and sorrow that he is bearing. And I don't know how it looked through his being. I don't know, you know how much uh, disaster and hell he experienced in those hours. But I'll tell you what, people. He's doing it for us. You see, we esteemed him. We, we considered him smitten by God and afflicted. But verse five says, he was pierced through. And the idea here means to wound, to be slain. You can write down in your notes, Psalm twenty-two, sixteen. they pierced my hands and my feet. Zechariah twelve, ten. they will look on him whom they pierced. He was pierced through the idea of uh, a wound, a deep wound for our transgressions. The word transgressions there is a word which means to know the line of the law and to step over it. It's not an incidental, oops, I blew it. Oh, I didn't plan on that. Transgression is I know the line. I know God's law says this. I don't care. I step over it. He was pierced through for our intentional transgressions. When we transgress the law of God, he was crushed. The word there means to crumble or to be bruised for our iniquities. The chastening or the punishment for our well-being that brought us peace. If you have the NIV, it's the idea of shalom there, full well-being, fell upon him. And by his scourging, this is actually singular, you could say by his stripe, we are rafa, we are healed, we are made well. The word crushed, the word pierced, these are all fatal words. Uh, Piercing through was fatal, crushed is daka in Hebrew. It has the idea of being trampled to death. If you've ever heard a story of someone being trampled at a rock concert, you're getting the idea and what did he do it for? For our transgressions, for our iniquities. The word iniquities is awan, and it means the bentness or perverseness of human nature. On a Sunday morning in Luke 13, a few weeks back, we saw a woman walk into a synagogue, and remember what her condition was? She was bent over like this, and she could not move. And she was in that condition, what was it, 18 years, like this. But she kept coming to church and she was bent over and Jesus healed her on the Sabbath day. And this word for iniquities has the idea of humanity being bent over with the weight of sin. Think of him bearing our sin. Think of him bearing the consequences of the fall. And on the Sabbath day, he said, woman, you are made well. You're healed of your infirmity. And she rose up again. And the weight of her sickness and I, and I told you guys on that Sunday morning, she was a picture of humanity under the weight of sin, uh, under the consequences of the fall. And Jesus, by his word, he raises her up. And that is the picture of Isaiah 53. By his wounds, we are healed in the widest sense of the word. 
The word wounds means still open and untreated. It has that idea. And the word healed, as I mentioned, Rafa, has the total sense of healing, the healing of a person restoring fullness, completeness, and it's a mark of the day of the Messiah. Leon Morris said, the wood of his cross could be put on another, but the weight of sin was his alone to bear. He suffered alone. Yeah, he was crucified between two thieves, but he was suffering for you and for me on that cross, and he bore it alone. We couldn't do it. We couldn't pay the sin debt, so he did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You see, Isaiah 53, 6 says, all of us, not some of us. See, the Bible says, all have sinned and what? Fall short of the glory of God. All of us like sheep. (laughs) Well, we know what sheep are like. Do you know that I heard that shepherds have a sheep they call the Judas sheep? What do you think he does? He leads other sheep astray. They call him the Judas sheep. All we like sheep, we don't even need a Judas sheep. We just go astray. Philip Keller wrote a book, uh, Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and he talked about how, as being a shepherd, he would watch his sheep, they would walk into open fires. If another sheep was walking off the edge of the cliff and it sounded good, (laughs) they would just go, okay, and they would go off the cliff. (laughs) Sounds like fun, you know. (laughs) Dumb animals. Uh, They're very skittish. Everything has to be right for them to rest. But they learn that if they stay close to the shepherd, they learn the voice of their shepherd. And when they follow him, he does lead them to green pastures. But he always has to check on them. He always has to make sure they're free you know, from that which could frighten them and scatter them. And we're all <laughs> like sheep. We have all gone astray. You see, What does it mean to go astray? Each of us, here's the emphasis again, has turned to what? To his own way. This is the celebrated thing of our culture. Frankie sang it. You all know it. I did it my way. So if you're a self-made man, if you do it your way, you live your life your way. But the problem is there's a way that seems right to man. But in the end, what does it lead to? Death. We're we're sheep. But we have a shepherd who was willing to take the wound, to die the death, to, if you will, let the wolf kill him. See, we're all like sheep. We've all gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But what did the Lord do? The Lord has caused the iniquity of all of us, each of us, to do what? To fall on him. And that's the cross. There's a shepherd laying down his life for his sheep. Though he's totally innocent, though he doesn't deserve the sorrow, the griefs, the, the mocking, the spitting, the, the cat of nine tails, the crucifixion, he deserves none of it but he takes it. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. The next topic to dive into is the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. Even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally 6 to 12 weeks, And, you know what I mean, there's a heartbeat, there's, everything's pretty much intact. The only thing that child or that baby needs is time and nutrition. It's fully formed. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Though he's totally innocent, though he doesn't deserve the sorrow, the griefs, the, the mocking, the spitting, the, the cat of nine tails, the crucifixion, he deserves none of it. But he takes it voluntarily. Go to 1 Peter, and we'll finish here tonight, and we'll, we'll do this in two parts, because it deserves it. 1 Peter chapter 2. So Peter is commenting on the work of Jesus Christ all the way toward the back of your New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2. He says in 1 Peter two eighteen, servants be submissive to your masters with all respect not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Ouch. For this finds favor, the idea is favor with God, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a man does what? Bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Now, Peter is going to tell us that our example in dealing with difficult life situations is Jesus' work depicted in Isaiah 53. Now, you think you have it rough. I understand some of you do. But when the New Testament is written, Rome is leading, Rome is dominating, there are Roman emperors that are so corrupt, they would make our current administration look like kindergarten in many ways. And yet, the church is alive. The church is thriving, but it's dealing with difficult issues. And one of the things is to be submissive to masters and government which we see earlier in the chapter. But we are to bear up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit, 20, is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? If you blow it and you deserve what you get, there's no credit there. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you've been called for this purpose I don't know that any of you are going to put this on your refrigerator later. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps. Wow. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And we'll look at that from Isaiah 53, 7 next time. 
And while being reviled, so the cross included, of course, the mocking and the reviling, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept, notice, entrusting himself, and this is the key for our lives, no matter what you're going through tonight, he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And he himself, notice, bore our sins in his body, 24, on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, what's your Bible say? You were healed. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you're healed tonight? Do you believe that you have the shalom, the rafa, the well-being, the wholeness? Sometimes I feel like I am an inch away from the throne room as a human being. Sometimes it's in a worship service. Sometimes I just witness to somebody and I say, I don't think I could get any closer to heaven. I've told you this story. One time I gave an altar call on an Easter Sunday and I opened my eyes and my mother was below the pulpit giving her life to Jesus Christ. I, I felt like I could go to heaven right there. But there's other days, <laughs> you know what I mean, where I feel like, I don't know if I could be any farther from feeling like a Christian. <laughs> Anybody, can I get a witness? Amen. All right, thank you, I'm not alone. <laughs> and I look at passages like this and I say, what? Suffer unjustly, be quiet when I have a boss who does not deserve my respect. And keep entrusting myself to him who judges righteously. That's easier said than done. Until I look at who did it on the cross. And then I start saying, wait. It's possible through the power of Christ, because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me in the life that I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. So he gave himself for me. So my my issue, as one missionary put it, my greatest mission in life has been submission. <laughs> it's my hardest one, surrendering to the power of God. For you, look at 25, were continually straying like sheep. But now, and I hope this is us, you have returned, and that idea of returned is, is really the idea of Repentance. You've returned to the shepherd and, you could say it this way, protector. The NAS says guardian of your souls. That's what he is. And today when we stray a little bit, you know what the shepherd does? He does have a staff. He does, my grandmother used to use a shoe when we got out of line or whatever was there, TV guide. You know, right? And then it seemed like it would just like a boomerang, fly right back to her and she'd and put it right in her pocket again. See, that's what you get. First thing. So sometimes our guardian, our protector, well, sometimes his rod and staff, (laughs) they comfort me. So if you felt a little disciplined lately, then he's your guardian. He's your protector. But the best place to be is real close, right? Just stay close because you have a great shepherd. He's the lover of your soul. 
He's the shepherd and protector, guardian. Well, Father, we want to thank you that you guard our souls, and we're so grateful that uh, in this majestic chapter of Isaiah 53, in part of Isaiah 52, we see a savior, a servant, a protector, a substitute. Lord, I read this week that someone said substitution is the language of love. For in your substitutionary death, in you taking my place, in the righteous one dying for the unrighteous to bring us to God, is love. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, says 1 John 3.16, and so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And Lord, in that, we see your work, the work of the Spirit in our lives, the work of conforming us into the image of our glorious shepherd. And we ask tonight, Lord, that we'll be able to rest in the the grace that we've received because you've made the full payment for our sin, but we'd also learn the lesson of Isaiah 53, to follow a shepherd that is faithful as a guardian, the one that was our substitute, the one that has healed our souls and will one day heal our bodies as well. And so, Lord, as we go through this life, we we experience ups and downs, but we are grateful that you are a faithful shepherd. And you say, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so we're grateful that we are in your everlasting arms, in your faithful hands that were wounded for our transgressions, that you were pierced for our iniquities, that you laid down your life, that you bore my burden at the cross. And so help me and us to cast all our cares to you because you care for us. Help us, Lord, to know that you do want to carry us and strengthen us and help us not to stray, and if we do, to quickly return because we know at your side, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Would you stand? You've been listening to The Suffering Servant, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 52 and 53. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to part one when you follow Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, as we think about this most majestic content in Isaiah 52 and 53, we can't help but, I think, land on this idea of the suffering servant. Jesus is the suffering servant who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And if you're like me, sometimes, you know, you compare yourself to Jesus and you're like, well, I'm not sure I'm doing so great. Maybe you feel like you start well and you stop or you take two steps forward and three steps back. You know, you're not alone because we're all in a battle and we have to remember the battle belongs to the Lord. But the question is, what's the remedy? 
How can I be a more effective servant of Christ? And the answer is surrender. You know, Jesus submitted himself. He entrusted himself to the Father, to him who judges righteously. And as we surrender more and more, you know, we realize Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, not a little bit, not you'll do 50%, nothing. But of course, through Christ, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I pray that he will be your strength and your comfort in this day. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You are listening to Walk in Truth. Here we are walking through the incredible chapters of Isaiah 52 and 53. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Maybe you have a Jewish friend who would be interested in hearing how this chapter points to Jesus Christ, the suffering servant, the Messiah, the servant of Yahweh. Uh, point them to the con- content. We would be happy to share it with as many people as possible. That's why we're here. Thanks to all of you who pray for us and partner with us. We are grateful and we will be moving into part two or the second half of Isaiah 53 right here tomorrow. See you then. And remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part four of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 52 and 53 called The Suffering Servant. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a happy Memorial Day. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.